Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic heathenry related. My name is Jesse. I'm your host. Let's get into it. Hail, 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 and hello, everybody. Thank you for coming back here this week and rambling on with me just for a bit, rambling your own thoughts, I hope, down in the comments or through any of my social media posts, wherever you're able to, to comment. Uh, special thanks to all of my patrons on Patreon, uh, especially those of you who have gone above and beyond the uh, the initial entry fee, as it were, the initial pledge of uh, just a dollar to get into the video format um, viewing of the podcast. So a special thanks to, to all of my Jarl, Chieftain, Scald, and Aesir patrons. Um, you're you're uh, going above and beyond uh, type of support is, is greatly appreciated. Um, and if you guys are, are listening and wondering what we're talking about with that, uh, just head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings. The link is going to be into the show notes of this podcast in that link tree link that you'll see there. Um, just find, find the link that takes you to my Patreon. Um, and if you want to watch these episodes, all you got to do is, is um, pledge your support for a dollar. Um, but if you're wanting any of the extra perks that come with being a patron on Patreon, um, you can go down through the list and see what I offer. It's all laid out plainly there. Um, so yeah, check it all out and see what fits you. So today's episode is going to be on uh, kind of the historical background of, of what we as as Germanic heathens, Norse pagans, etc., um, etc., et refer to as winter nights. And uh, there's a few different names that it's known by, but, um, you know, Veterneter is one of them. And uh, I wanted to talk about it this week. I know a lot of different... Uh, heathen content creators out out there in the in the internets are uh, recently starting to share information about things pertaining to this time of year. Winter nights, of course, being one of them. Um, if you're into any other sort of uh, Celtic uh, or Wiccan, even uh, pagan practices, I'm sure you'll have been seeing a lot of posts and videos and and clips and things about Samhain, um, which is an, another one that's right around the corner. Um, Alphablot is probably another one that if you're of the Germanic heathen persuasion, you will have seen, no doubt, information circulate around that if you're following any of those types of content creators. So I do just want to take time this week and share with you some information that maybe you already know, um, but especially for those who um, maybe are hearing about this for the first time, um, there's some, some you know new knowledge that, that we can share with you all. Um, so Winter Nights is uh, is at the time that this podcast is released for all of you folks um, on on the audio platforms and for my patrons on Patreon. Uh, we are two nights away from the start of Winter Nights, the Germanic Winter Nights as reckoned in pre-Christian times, um, and it's a it's a three night long or three day long 
celebration. It's it's mentioned in several sources of it being three nights, like many of the other, um, you know, pagan celebrations of the Germanic peoples. Um, and we're going to touch on some of those sources here uh, today on this episode, so you guys have some source material that you can go back and you know research yourselves. Um, but I'll be sharing some things um, here on the screen, and and you know, for those of you that are watching, you'll have some visual things that you can um, glean from and stuff as well. Um, but for all of you those that are listening, um, I will be sharing some links in the show notes of the names of the sagas that I'm referring to or the poems that I'm going to be mentioning, as well as any um, hyperlinked material that I can um, direct you to check out um, of your own accord and at your at your leisure. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> like I mentioned, um, it is a three night long celebration or three days long uh, celebration. And uh, it starts on this year on the Faust uh, Monother moon so we are in the month of house monother and uh, the harvest moon the full moon of house monother is this year october 28th so for me and my tribe uh, we will have a night of um, ritual and feasting with our nearest and dearest our tribe members and some folks who are not uh, sworn or oathed to clearly folk uh, but that are nonetheless very very close friends um to our tribe and so we've invited some folks like that uh to our celebration this year and um our tribe's custom is to follow uh, a sort of um i guess you could say very similar to the swedish model of of, of winter nights uh, at least to the degree that we know of in one particular source i'm going to be getting to all that stuff um uh, specifically around when the Swedes would celebrate their Alferblot. So we're going to be getting into that. Um, but it is a uh, a, a day or, or a, a time of the year, you know, a night, um, and it is a considered a holy tide. Um, we're welcoming in, even though <laughs> this time of year in the south, where I live in Tennessee, um, you know, we're still getting temperatures during the day in the 70s, even the 80s. You know, it, it's not getting exceptionally cold at night, you know, maybe down in the, you know, 50s and 40s overnight. Um, some of these nights here recently, but um, by by the Germanic people's reckoning, right, this celebration, this holy tide was the turning of the summer toward winter. OK, so. Um, what we look at this time of year being is the uh, oncoming of of course longer nights shorter days right daylight is going to become less uh frequent and or you know we're gonna have again longer nights uh, shorter days um but also a time of year to reflect inward and prepare for those dark days and when we think about coming inward and when we think about focusing on our inner yards our hearths our homes um, you can't help but to put focus on your family and ancestors and that sort of thing. So while ancestor veneration and, you know, all of that is a integral part of many heathen practices, it is especially vibrant this time of year when we remember 
and honor our departed dead, you know? Um, so uh, if you're a, a Germanic pagan and you're thinking of observing something around this time of year for your ancestors, you're right in line with um, a lot of other folks. Um, so I'm going to be sharing some stuff here, again, to kind of educate, clarify on some things that we know of from uh, historical sources, okay? Um, the first one being that, um, you know, the... Uh, all right, sorry, I'm going to just read some of these notes here. The, the dating of Norse slash Germanic heathen holidays, uh, they were on full moons, okay? Not on equinoxes, not on solstices. Um, when the Germanic peoples would celebrate their holy tides was not done on the solstices, was not done on equinoxes, it was done on full moons. They reckoned time using a lunisolar calendar. Um, Dr. Andreas Nordberg, um, I'll be linking some stuff of his um, very critical reading. If you're trying to uh, reinvent or reconstruct a bit um, when you want to hold your celebrations, if you are a you know, uh, practicing Germanic heathen, and you want to kind of follow the more historical route of things rather than following this very modern, very popular Wiccan Wheel of the Year model, right? Um, but Dr. Andreas Nordberg um, is a is a leading authority on uh, when Germanic people were reckoning their time and when they would hold their holy tides specifically. So check the the show notes, um, or if you're watching this, you know, down in the the comments description area. Um, for links to his work. It is in Swedish, um, so what you'll have to do is, unless you read and understand Swedish, um, you'll have to uh, use like a translator, Google Translate, whatever works fairly well for stuff like this. And um, But it's free. It's a free um, PDF that you'll be able to get. Um, so for a little work in getting it translated to your native language, it's worth it. You know, So it's important to... Um, remember that, right? We are talking about um, holy tides being observed on full moons. Um, so that's one important thing to take away. Uh, the other one to take away is that the historical Germanic heathen uh, holy tides, uh, there were three of them, three major bloats um, per year, that, as they reckon time. Um, so those three uh, major holy tides, those three bloats, uh, there were three bloats held at those holy tides, were held for three nights in duration. Those three being winter nights, Yule, and um, Sigur bloat. So your winter night celebration is the, um, the start of winter. Um, and I believe there are. Uh, it is suggested that for specifically for the Swedes uh, in Scandinavia, when winter nights came about, it was considered their new year, the, the when the new year started. Um, and then midwinter was Yule, and summer victory bloat. Summer bloat was Sigur bloat. So you had uh, a bloat to celebrate. Uh, for, for good blessings and good tidings for the winter months. You had a bloat in the middle of that, and then you had a bloat at the beginning of summer to 
celebrate victory and welcoming in the the time of year when you could do all the things that kept you alive right you could start raising your uh cattle and, and bringing your your crops you know planting your crops and, and doing all of those things that you had to do um to to survive that time in the north so you know once again i'm in the south i'm in the south of, of the united states i'm in a southern state um and you know for when when i think of you know celebrating winter nights you know it, it would be great to have you know um cold weather and you know snow maybe on the ground or at least frost and, and all of those types of things that make you think of coming of of winter um but as it stands this year we're still going to be um doing our bloat our ceremony our ritual uh for for winter nights um and it's going to be warm it's going to feel like a an indian summer day <laughs> so um you know the way the world is and the way the world is and the way the weather goes i mean we, we take what we can get right uh, my tribe's tradition is to hold our holy tides and to keep our holy days as close to the the, the full moon that that holy day would have landed on in historic times um so luckily this year you know the 28th of october lands on a on a day where all of us can gather without worrying about uh you know work obligations or any other conflicts you know so that's pretty cool all right so there's a couple of things just really briefly that if you hadn't known now you do um and i do just want to kind of cover some sources that talk about what we know of at least winter nights having three nights because these next couple of sources talk about something happening on the third winter night okay um the first one being the yom's viking saga it references the third winter night with a quote um i'll read it in full the what you see and, and what you hear um or at least what you see on screen is, is going to be partial but i'm going to be linking again more information down uh in their you know, description show notes for you but in the yom's viking saga um we hear a quote and it says i swear that before the third winter night is past. I shall drive uh, Adarlod, king of England, from his kingdom or kill him otherwise, and so gain possession of his domain. Now it's your turn, Sigvaldi, uh, and let your vow be as far-reaching as mine. He said that so it should be. Your majesty, I swear, he said, that before the third winter night has passed, I shall ravage Norway with as many men as I can assemble and drive Earl Hawken out of the land or kill him or else my lifeless body will remain in Norway. So there's one uh, mentioned uh, that winter nights is three days. So we hear the, the speaker saying that on the third winter night. Um, traditionally, I believe we've, we've come to understand that the bloat day or bloat night when bloat was held, bloat was done on the on the first night of the three nights of the celebration so on the, the first night of the full moon cycle so that first night when it's a full moon that's when uh bloat was done and then the celebrations carried on uh for three days in total all right so there's one uh source material uh piece of uh, material from a source that gives you that clue the next one is going to be from the valaliots uh saga 
Um, and I'm just going to read the uh, the English portion, but I'll also put in the Old Norse version as well. But this is Gudmundur saying, well, I see that you pretend to have played well, and yet I have the courage to say that red will be seen in the score for the third winter night. And so there you go. Another mention um, of something happening on night three of um, winter nights. Okay. So there's your some clues, some source material that, again, gives you, um, you know, uh, historical backing on there being three nights in total. All right. So the next thing I'm going to uh, go over is some very some things very specific um, to the Swedes. Um, and as I mentioned before, you know, Norse slash Germanic heathens, uh, holy tides were three days long, three nights long. Um, and the three major holy tides we have as, as examples of it being as such. So one interesting thing to note is that the Swedes specifically had three major holidays that were publicly held at Uppsala, Old Uppsala. Um, now, there is a poem that I'm going to be uh, sharing. It's a skaldic poem. Um, and if I'm mispronouncing it for any of you scholars out there, I apologize. But as best of my pronunciation, is it's called Austerforavisir. Uh, this is a skaldic poem that clearly states that the Swedish celebration that was called Alphablot uh, was a family-only ritual that was done at the homestead and no non-family members were invited. So, uh, you know, if you were not part of the family, if you were not part of that sib, if you were not part of that clan, etc., um, or at least a very, very close friend, um, you were excluded from it. Um, and I'm going to be reading uh, a, a blurb from that from that poem here in just a minute um, to kind of help back up what I'm saying. All right. Um, the uh, so there's let me see there's that one. Um, the next the next uh, let's see here what am I going to be looking at? Okay, yeah. So this next one um, is going to be from uh, a saga called um, Viga Gloom's Saga. Now, this is specific to Icelandic traditions. Um, and it says that at the start of winter, a sumble was prepared and a disablot in which observance all were expected to take part. But Glum sat in his place and did not attend it. So what's interesting to note about this is that passage that mentions the... Um, uh, at the start of winter, right? So winter nights was the start of winter. There was a sumble that was prepared. Um, sumble being a, a a sort of drinking ritual. Um, but that there was a disabloat done um, at the same time. So what's interesting is that at least in Iceland, um, there was a disabloat accompanying winter nights. Different from the Swedes who held an alpha bloat at the onset of winter, at the beginning of winter for their winter nights. Now, I know there's some confusion uh, with some heathens as to when to celebrate these things, right? People think that, well, I, I, I need to celebrate alpha bloat in the fall 
uh, you know, or, or, or at, the, at, at winter nights. Um, and then I celebrate Disa bloat in the spring or summer. Um, but then there's others that are like, well, no, you, you can celebrate Disa bloat uh, at the onset of winter too. So notice that Disa bloat, um, at least for the Icelanders, was done during their winter nights celebration during the oncoming of winter. It kind of aligns with, with in a bit of a way with um, uh, how the Saxons uh, or how Bede, I guess, uh, the Venerable Bede documents how these the Anglo-Saxon heathens uh, celebrated certain things where they had a Mother's Night um, celebration. And of course, Disa bloat uh, means a, a bloat to the Deesir, you know, uh, the uh, Deesir being the female ancestors of the family alpha bloat meaning uh elf uh, but also the the male uh ancestors so interesting right there were there were definitely things pertaining to familial reverence um of ancestors whether it was uh you know uh feminine ancestors or masculine ancestors what have you um things varied a little bit different in in certain regions as we can see um but clearly winter nights was a time where varying traditions were held to celebrate the ancestors um so in keeping that in mind you know what whatever you want to do around this time of year is really going to be what do you how do you what how how specific do you want to get in what model of healing are you looking at you know more swedish model maybe you're swedish yourself maybe that your ancestry has uh, Swedish ties, uh, maybe you're uh, uh, leaning more into the Icelandic model. Um, and so you would do like a disabload or have like a mother's night, uh, sort of celebration. Um, and there's, you know, you could do either or it, it is, it's clearly not right or wrong in that context. It's just how it was done based on, on where it was done. Right. So that covers that part. Um, let's see here. Uh, is it this one? What am I looking for? Uh, let me just get some of my notes pulled up here. I'm on one screen and it's a little. Oh, yeah. So this one here, right? This this again confirms um, that it was on the full moon of the Haust Monother. So the, the harvest moon. Um, and in Anglo-Saxon uh winter faith right for the angles for the english uh heathens um there was bloat and 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 stumble um it's still winter nights right depending on uh, whether you're angle anglo-saxon or, or saxon heathen or or whether you're uh you know scandinavian heathen um different name pronunciation whatever for it but it's it all means uh, the same thing and it's on the harvest moon when it's done so um i've had uh i've had i've made comments um on some other um people's posts uh, like a month or two ago uh where they were calling their harvest celebration um at like the end of august or beginning of september or whenever it was uh how they were calling it winter nights you know and i with nothing but the the you know intention of educating um, just shared that basic information, a lot of what I'm sharing here right now. Um, I learned, you know, that, that, that I had no place doing that. 
go figure that um, you know people can take things said online, you know, under different contexts, and it, and it made it, uh, you know, what I had said made it, it was it was perceived to be kind of condescending. Wasn't my intent. Didn't mean for that to be that way. Um, but it was a lesson learned to just let people do what they want to do. Um, I'll use my platform to speak as openly and as freely as I want, and I will say what I want on my platforms. But I'm not going to go on other people's stuff and 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 say things that they don't elicit. Sorry, solicit from me. I get those two words confused a lot, and I don't know why. They obviously mean different things. Um. So okay. So um, going back to it, um, for the Swedes, um, when we talk about the uh, winter nights thing, right? We 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 talked earlier about how the Swedes had their three major holy tides that were publicly held at Uppsala in old Uppsala, Sweden. So all three, including winter nights, was a public affair. Their alpha bloat was a private thing. So you had the publicly uh, accessible celebration of winter nights that all could come to and all would come to. And then you had their alpha bloat that was kept uh, separate. Now, similarly, in Norway and Icelandic winter nights, um, it was done at the homestead with family and close friends only we kind of uh, my tribe and i say we you know um this is um kind of the the the, mod the 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 model that we follow right we we hold our winter nights but we close it off to just the tribe or the close friends to the tribe that we want to invite it's an invite only sort of thing whereas i mean right now our tribe is really relatively small so only <laughs> the only invites that you know uh, the only events that we have are, you know, invite only. But um, as and and when and as the, the tribe grows and we want to host things bigger or or uh, publicly, um, we might consider doing stuff like that. But we're always going to have our close, you know, invite only, tribe only uh, affairs and things that we do. All right, and maybe that's what you guys decide to do too, as you educate and as you grow and as you find kind of where you want your traditions to to land in is maybe it's something similar to that you know or maybe you want to host a big thing and you want to invite everybody that can attend uh to come and you want to make it a more public gathering a more public affair clearly it's it's documented that some people some some uh regions did that you know so you're not you're not like if you if you want to be technical like you're not historically wrong about it um there's some things to keep in mind right all right. Um, now let's see here. There was one thing that I was going to pull up here, and let me find that real quick. Um, sorry, I had to had to pull up some uh, some other information that I thought I had readily available. But here we go. Um, so the first uh, first thing I'm going to show you, um, I do remember that we talked earlier about the the Scaldic poem. The um, uh, what was it? Uh, the Astra Farafisir uh, Skaldic poem. I'm going to come to that, but I do want to just mention briefly the uh, the the Inglinga saga. Um, I believe it's chapter eight here. Yeah, from the year 1225. Um, so in that chapter of the Inglinga saga, this is specific to the Swedes now. Lists three great bloats of the year, uh, and it says there that Odin established the same law in his land that had been in force in Osaland. On winter day, first day of winter, there should be 
bloat for a good year, and in the middle of winter for a good crop, and the third bloat should be on summer day a victory bloat. So those of Swedish heritage would celebrate their winter nights um, as a bloat for a good year. And again, that kind of makes sense because it implies that therefore the Swedes saw the winter nights as their the start of their new year. Another uh, saga of Saint, the saga of Saint Olav, mentions that as long as heathendom lasted, he was wont to hold three blood offerings, talking about the king, one on winter nights, the second at midwinter, and the third at the start of summer. But when he became a Christian, he kept up in the same way with the feasts. In the autumn, he had a great feast of friends. Then in winter, a Yule feast when he bade many men come to him again. Third, he had at Pascha when he had also a great crowd of guests. And again, that's referring to the that's, uh, summertime celebration, okay? Um, next, uh, let me see here. The next one I think we're going to look at. Yes, so the next one we're going to look at is the um, one of my favorite passages, the uh, Gisla Saga Sursonar. So, um, is that the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. All right, so this is also uh, Inglinga Saga, but we've got, um, let's see here. Yeah, so we made clear that there were three major bloats held at the Uppsala, Old Uppsala in Sweden. Uh, but the Norwegian Winter Nights is done at the homestead, not at Swedish Uppsala. Note that the word Vetrenotum uh, was used in Norway per the Gisla Saga uh, Sursonar, Saga of Gisla the Outlaw. Um, and this saga clearly makes a statement that a housed bloat is, or housed bloat, is another name for Winter Nights. So Gisla Saga Sursonar Chapter 6 says that, And now the summer slips away, and the first winter night was nigh at hand. Gisli made a stumble and bade his friends to it he wished to have a gathering, and so to welcome both the winter and his friends. But he had left off all heathen bloats since he had been in Viborg with Sigurd. He bade to the feast both the Thorkels and his cousins, the sons of Bjartmar, so that the day that the guests were looked for Gisli made ready his house. Um, and I particularly love the passage because, again, it shows that the family and close friends were invited to the Holy Day bloat and stumble that he, that he held. Um, and by the way, what I'm showing you guys and what I'm sharing here, I'm reading it verbatim a lot of times, but I'm, I'm, I'm reading this from um, aldsadu.com. It's going to be a link. Uh, in the description and show notes for you guys to read yourselves. Um, so when I say I particularly love this, uh, while I yes I do, I'm not I'm not saying that I wrote any of this. This is all the work of uh, Robert Sass, altsudu.com. So full credit goes to him. But again, it, we 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 kind of follow that familial only connection model of of uh, of our winter nights. Um, and we you know we don't particularly we don't we don't call it house bloat. You know, but it has been called that, obviously. So, if you were to call anything house bloat by by the by the uh, authentic historical terminology, um, then you would do so to 
describe your winter night's bloat, right? Your your winter night celebration. Because again, it's on the full moon of the housed monitor. So housed monitor, harvest moon, harvest bloat, housed bloat. That's when it was done. That's how it was, uh, you know, uh, referred to as. Um, so there's your there's your historical backing for that. All right. Um, so the next thing that I'm going to to cover with you guys, uh, or one of the last things that we're going to cover, is what we mentioned earlier about Swedish alpha bloat and how you might see that name come up this time of year and how it might also get misunderstood or misconstrued that it was a major holy tide that all heathens should be practicing a bloat or 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 an off or do an offering or something like that um for this time of the year and that like you know alpha bloat is is somehow like the heathen halloween or some crazy thing like that right no um so anyway here's here's what we're going to talk about um with regards to that so alpha bloat was done by families in the homestead, Swedish specifically. Um, and it was excluding non-family members. In historical sources, there was only one mention of alpha bloat in a Swedish or as a Swedish holiday. Okay, so the skaldic poem, Ausrafaravisir, mentions that in early winter of the year 1018, there was a Norwegian Christian poet, um, named Sigvater. So he traveled to Sweden and claims that he was refused hospitality due to the Swedish alpha bloat taking place. Um, every home that he went to looking for shelter, he was turned away and, and told to leave. So um, Austrofotovis here makes clear that the uh, Swedish alpha bloat was done by individual heathen families not a big public affair. So in that poem, verses one through six, um, after an arduous journey, Sigvater and his companions arrived at a homestead called Hof. They expected to be received as per the laws of hospitality, but the door remained shut. Sigvater had to stick his nose down into a narrow opening in a front door to present himself, but the people of the household declined by saying that the place was holy. Sigvater retorted that the trolls should take them and continue to the next homestead. At the following farm, he met a lady who told him to go away and said, Don't go further inside, unlucky man. We are afraid of Odin's wrath. We are heathens. Then she chased him away as if he were a wolf and said that they, quote, are having the alpha bloat at the homestead. Um... So again, I'm going to be linking all of that down in the description or show notes for you guys to read more of um, if, if, if you want. Um, but I love that example of clearly it there were there were times, um, you know, because one of the big challenges that I think a lot of us have when we when we talk about knowing how things were done right in, in ancient times. Right. We're all we're always saying, well, we don't have any source material. There's nothing really that says how things were done here. We clearly have a skaldic poem written by although he was a christian he's, he's documenting his whole experience of what happened you know the laws of hospitality say that i should be let in yeah well when they're doing their family gathering and when they're having their their holy night um that is very very off 
off uh off off you know no access <laughs> you're you're uh you're not welcome here the hospitality laws are are obsolete at this point where we are we are observing our holy night we are doing what we're doing as a family and i don't care who you are you're not part of it go away that is very specific and very clear that shows that while we don't have many examples of that in, in surviving texts here's one of them so if you if we hear about one person doing this and clearly or not just one person but we, we if we have uh, someone documenting this down, one person documenting this down, that every home they went to in that area was behaving this way, then it, we can we can safely assume that this was not just something isolated to one or two families. This was a custom. This was a way that people believed and, and did their thing, or at least one of their things. You know, So if we want to keep things private, if we want to keep things off limits, uh, if we want to keep people excluded, from our practices, I know that that word gets some people's uh, feathers in a, in, a, in a tussle. You know, talking about heathenry being exclusion, exclusionary, right, or exclusive, right? Well, we want to be inclusive. We want to. We don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive. You know. Uh, well, clearly, here's a an example of when there were times and it was appropriate to be excluded. You know. For those reasons, for those specific reason, reasons, right? These were families that were heathen. And here comes this stranger um, who at any other point in time might have received hospitality, right? At least been given, you know, dry clothes, a warm place to sleep, food in their belly, whatever. Um, but under these circumstances, under these very specific circumstances, he was excluded. And he was told to go away and, you know, tough luck, Charlie, but you're, uh, you're on your own because we are holding our alpha bloat. And this is for us. And we're not going to break that tradition. We're not going to stop what we're doing just to give you, you know, a warm place to lay your head and some food, you know, which is crazy. You know, if you think about it, like this was Sweden <laughs> in the beginning of winter. It's probably bitterly cold, maybe snow on the ground already. You know, if you look at pictures of, uh, of Sweden this time of year, you know, um, you, you, you'll, you'll see snow on the ground, you know, so there's no, there's no, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, this was a time of year where if you had to find shelter, then your life depended on it, you know, and here we have again, example of somebody who was denied hospitality because they're, they were, they were invading the, 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 the sanctity, the sovereignty of these families' homes, and we're not gonna we're not gonna bend on that. We're not gonna budge on that. So, well, I don't think that this should be something that we definitively say. You know, you know. Here, well, here's reasons why we have to be ex you know exclude people from our practices. What I think it needs to be, um, what I think it needs to be an, uh, a testament to, right, is that. There are definitely times when if we have an event, if we want to do something and we want to keep it exclusive to certain people, then we are 100% in line with some of these old ways practices, right? Just because you have, you know, you know, 50 different friends or, or, or acquaintances on your social media friends list, you know, that all wear Mjolnirs or that all, you know, are heathen you know that doesn't mean that 
you owe them any sort of invitation or whatever to an, an event that you want to hold. Um, protect your inner, above all, right? Protect your inner guard, protect your inner yard, protect your the roof tree of your of your house of your hearth. You know, that is where your true obligations lie. And so that's kind of the model that that my tribe has adopted is that you know we keep things closed off and protected from the outer um we had we had one time and this is this is before the tribe ever was formed um there was one time that i had a a, a big yule celebration i had like 30 some odd people at my house some of whom i've never met before most of whom i'd only met online you know invited all these people over to my house and you know my wife and I, we live in a small, small, small place, you know, and there was, there was way too many people here. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I had things stolen from me. There was a lot of, uh, misbehaving going on, you know, partly on myself, but a lot of other people too. I mean, it was, it was a terrible, I guess people had fun, you know, and it was, you know, you know, looking back on it, like we, nobody got severely hurt, but the lesson that was learned is this isn't something, first of all, that you just open up to anybody and everybody without realizing the, the potential for things to go wrong. And I didn't safeguard my in and guard very well that, that first year, you know, it was a lesson learned and it was a lesson learned kind of the hard way, um, to, you know, don't don't think that just because you've got a bunch of heathen friends that now you owe them or anybody else this invitation to an event or something that you're holding. Um, you know, if you, if you have the means and you have the the resources to do it well, do it safely, keep your keep your inner protected and guarded well then sure rock on with it um but keep 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 in mind that you are absolutely within your right and if anything you you are obligated to your to your nearest and dearest to be exclusive and, and exclude certain ones from certain things it's totally fine so there you guys go um there's kind of an introduction to the heathen winter nights the historical heathen winter nights there's going to be again some information linked uh down below for you to to research yourselves or, or to look up yourselves um and again i want to give due credit to robert sass altitude.com uh for the information some of the screenshots of things from his website there that were up on screen for you guys that are watching uh and for again everybody listening um if you want to read more yourself things will be linked down in the show notes and you guys can check it all out there yourselves at your convenience at your leisure maybe during winter nights yourselves maybe you guys have something going on this weekend um here in just a couple of days you know like i said by the time you're watching and listening to this um it will be uh you know for my patrons and for the, those on the audio platforms we'll be two nights away uh from winter nights and you, know, you look up at the sky and you see that that moon she's she's getting brighter and brighter as we approach so um but yeah, uh, I do hope that you guys found this information, you know, um, useful and, and and beneficial, and I hope that it helps 
you guys in, in your pursuit of um, you know, trying to do things uh, if you're intru- interested in doing things as authentically as possible or as historically accurate as possible. Um, I would just say, you know, like, don't don't get uh, and I'm not trying to tell you how to do your thing or or whatever, but be guard, be be watchful, right? Be on your guard about getting too root bound into certain things like realize that there was purpose behind the way these people did these things. All of the stuff that I'm reading, uh, the source materials, you know, there was purpose why it was done a certain way. And if the purpose behind what you're doing doesn't align with the purpose that it was done in, in that way, um, shift a bit, right? Uh, figure out why that is. Um, and make it purpose-driven. Make what you're doing to be purpose. That, that, that there's purpose behind it, you know? So whether you decide to not celebrate Winter Nights at all, um, or whether you decide that your Winter Nights is going to be a closed-off, family-only only thing, kind of like how the Alpha Bloat uh, was held, right? And, and that's the other thing, too, is I don't want to get the two confused, right? Alpha Bloat is not another name for Winter Nights. House to Bloat is a name, another name for Winter Nights. Alpha Bloat was something that was done at the beginning of winter by the Swedes. So, you know, whether it, it you know, it lined up the same time, uh, you know, right exactly around the same time as, as their public Winter Nights, I would tend to think probably not. It, you know, it almost makes me think, and, and again, there's no... I don't think there's anything in the sources here that can definitively say this, but it almost makes me think like since it was a three night long celebration that you probably had one night that was for the public assembly, the big to do right where everybody came and it was a public gathering at old Uppsala, the temple in Uppsala, Sweden. And then you had two more nights. And on one of those nights, you probably had the family sorts of things going on. That's what I think of when I read that. Can't say that it's definitively mentioned there, but something to, to ponder on. Right. Um, but so, anyways, whether you want to do it with, a, a, you know, as a, a, with an alpha bloat uh, celebration, or whether you want to do a Disa bloat like the Icelanders did, um, or 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 whatever, you know, um, I hope that the information shared here today helps, you know, fuel what you want to pursue, and that what you do and what you pursue is with purpose, and so. Um, that about wraps it up for me this week. I'm going to be looking forward on getting ready for the Fleur of the Folk Winter Night celebration this year um, with our friends and families. And, and we're going to be having a sumble, you know, where we remember our ancestors. We're going to invite our ancestors into our celebration this year. So it's going to be really, 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 I think, wholesome time where... Uh, all involved will we'll, we'll be get exposed to some really good things and that's my hope and that's my goal so if you are observing winter nights please down in the comments if you're watching this or if you're listening to this and you want to write into the podcast and, and share your thoughts of what you're doing for winter nights or how you're celebrating um i'd be eager to to hear what you have to say um there's going to be a poll or, or a q a uh, here on the Spotify platform. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, feel free to chime in with your thoughts. Um, but if you're going to write in, you can do so. MidgardenMusingsTN at gmail.com. You can call into the pod, uh, podcast hotline. 
um, and leave your thoughts there on a voicemail. That phone number is 615-671-9832. And uh, yeah, so I, I do hope that if you are observing winter nights this year, that you have a blessed one, that your heart fires burn bright, that your ancestors smile upon you. So until we see each other again, may the gods continue to notice you. And may your ancestors smile upon you. See you in the next one, guys. Thanks for your support.